Thank you, brother. <laughs> well, thank you for having me here with you this morning. And uh, it's always a privilege to be here before you. And I get double portion this morning since I preach for my church in Spanish. I'll try to do my best in English. Uh, there's a few lessons that you never forget in life. Uh, there's so many things we learn. I remember when I, when I was a new believer and I started attending church. And I started to go to a very, very conservative Baptist church in San Jose. Uh, why wrote Baptist Church? I will never forget that church since I was a member there for, since I became a Christian. And when I moved to Stockton, that was the only time when I left my church. But I remember when I started serving there, I started directing the music. And, and one morning after the service, my pastor approached me and he told me, I need to tell you something. And I said, okay, uh, kind of nervous. And he goes, like, when you're up there, when you are directing the music, you're a dictator. So I got surprised. I was like, what? Am I Fidel Castro or something like that? <laughs> so he goes, like, no, when you're up there, you are a dictator. People will do what you say. And after he told me that, I didn't, I didn't take that lightly. I understood that it was a high responsibility to be behind the pulpit. When I became to when I started preaching, became a pastor, and even before that, I was told to start preaching at our church, and it got me a little nervous because preaching the word of God is not just uh, telling a joke or telling something what to do when you're repairing a wall or whatever. And uh, let me tell you, this morning I don't take that lightly either. It's not my word that I'm going to preach. It's not my message. And I'm not here to please anybody but God. So one thing we should always remember when it comes to preaching of the Word is that it's Christ that has to be the center of it. It is Christ that has to be magnified through the preaching. I'm not here to speak on how great you are, because reality is that there is no greatness in you if it wasn't because of Christ. So... The Bible tells us that all of our good deeds are like filthy rags. So, if we take it from that perspective, uh, we understand that we are no greater than no one. We're just simple humans. And if it wasn't because of Christ in us, we wouldn't be worth it anything. But Christ decided to come and die for us on the cross. So this morning, I'd like to speak to you about reprobate mind. But before we get into that, I'd like to speak about the brain and how important it is a brain. And I guess we should know that we all have a brain. <laughs> and that sometimes we put it to use and some other times we don't. But uh, the brain is very interesting. Uh, of all the objects in the universe, the human brain is the most complex of all. There are as many neurons in the brain as there are stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Can you imagine that? That is unbelievable. When we start to dig into our bodies, ourselves, we find that, man, we are, we are unbelievable. 
And when you start to study your brain, you find out that there is even sparks going off in your brains. And that your brain is sending a signal to your hand to be moving. And that your brain is telling you all of these things and that your body comes and executes it. So, oh boy, the brain is something very, very interesting. It is, it is very complex. The brain is a physical support for the mind. How interesting is that? You know, for as smart as scientists are, I don't know if there's any scientists here, but they're supposed to be really smart. They don't know where the, the mind is. They, don't, they haven't found a spot where they can say, you know what, this is where the mind rests. I mean, we say the brain is, but there's no uh, a gland or something in the brain that says this is the mind. Well, interesting enough, if we cannot understand how that works, how are we going to understand God Himself? If He revealed Himself to us as He's done in the Bible, it's not until we start to read the Bible, understand the Bible, and put it into practice that we can get to see God working in and through our lives. So, the brain is the physical support for the mind. And throughout this sermon, if you hear me saying a few words in Spanish, just forgive me. My wife went away to Janice Park, and I've been taking care of my four daughters, and I haven't been able to get good rest. So, so if I go back and forth in Spanish, I'm trying to do a Spanglish. Maybe some of you will catch something there. But going back to the brain, talking about the brain, the brain is the physical support for the mind. It is the base through which the mind turns into function its objectives. It is, the, it is the mind that tells the brain what to do, and it is the brain that tells the body what to do. And isn't that cool? Man, I, it took me like four months to try to understand this concept, but I finally got it. But our mind is something interesting much more. Our, our brain is something interesting much more our mind. It is, it is fabulous to think that our mind is the set of cognitive faculties that enables consciousness, perception, thinking, judgment, and memory. A characteristic of human. Someone was said that the mind is the intellectual power of the soul. The mind. This morning I'm going to talk about a reprobate mind. And if you go with me to the book of Romans, the Word of God talks to us about the mind. And we're going to be reading Romans chapter 1, verse 28. So find your Bible there. But before we get to read it, it is very important to understand what the Bible is. And we must understand and believe that the Bible is the Word of God. There's, no, there's no, nothing else we can say about the Bible. Simply the Bible is the Word of God. It's, it's, we could say if you want it's a super book, which it is because it's the Word of God. But reality is that the Bible is at hand, it's at reach. And sadly enough, many people keep their Bible in the trunk of their car. No wonder there's no change in their lives since we keep the Word of God in the trunk. And I hope you guys don't do that, and I'm sure you guys don't do it. I did it for many times, and I learned my lesson. God confronted me and showed me that His Word needs to be in my heart, because that's what the Bible says. 
So the word of God talks to us about the mind. And we find that the Bible is the word of God. So what does the Bible do? Well, the Bible reveals God's desires. There's two important things that the Bible reveals. Number one is, it reveals who He is, who God is. And also reveals God's will. What is God's will for my life? So number one, He gets to us and He says, Okay, this book that you call the Bible, it's... You, if you read it, you're going to find me in here. You're going to find what my character is like. What is it that pleases me? And what is it that's no good for me? If you only open the Bible and you read it and you memorize it and you put it to practice, then your life will be different. So when we get that out of the way, we understand that the Bible is something very important. I like the way Hebrews puts it. Hebrews says, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the Word of God is living and active. That's very interesting. The Word of God is living and active. So that means that it's moving, it's doing something if we put it to practice. If we leave it in the trunk of the car, it won't do anything. It is active in those that put it to practice. So the Word of God is living and active. And it then says, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is, it is sharp. And piercing as far as the division of the soul and the spirit of both joints and marrow. And able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That's actually what the Bible does. Interesting. Verse 13 says, And there is no creature hidden from his side, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So, the word of God is alive and is active. That's that's why the Bible itself says that we must store it in our hearts. If you want to be alive and active, store His Word in your heart. I have, I made a commitment myself of memorize Scripture. Because there's nothing good in me. And I will suggest you do the same. There's nothing good in me, so I made a commitment. I need to memorize as much as I can. Because if I have the Bible in my heart, if I have the Word of God in my heart, you know what's going to come out of me? Good things. But if I have all kinds of TV shows and you name it, you know what's going to come out of you when you want to give uh, someone a, a good word about something? Yeah, you're going to talk about that show. Oh yeah, you know, I saw whoever so-and-so did this in the show, so that might work for you. But when we put the, the Word of God in our heart, you know, we can't actually be wise when we open our mouth. To give counseling to somebody. So, the Word is alive and is active. The action that takes the Word of God, takes in us, will, will change your heart and will change your mind once it's stored. Now, the question that arises due to verse 13 is, who can hide from His Word? Nobody can hide. It doesn't matter how fast... How far we run. There is a time when we are going to come before God. Whether we like it or not. And that is when we die. 
You see, God lets us run and go and do whatever we want. But there's a time established for you and I where we will come before God. So it is very important that we must understand this morning that the Word of God has to be of so much value to you. If we only knew how much it costs to put it together, to preserve it, if we only knew it, we will love it and we will treasure it in our hearts. So, when the Word of God speaks to us, it may not be what we want to hear, right? Because He will put us naked before God. He will see what we have inside. So we might not like it, and maybe this morning, I hope I have the time to accomplish my task, but maybe this morning you will not like what you're going to hear. And I hope if your life is not straight with God, and I hope if you're not walking straight with God, I hope that the Word of God will captivate you and bring you back to do His will. So two things that the Bible does is reveals God's Himself and His will, God's will. So, the first thing I want to ask you to go to now is in Romans chapter 1, verse 18. And the Apostle Paul starts saying here, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man. So pretty much, just by saying this, God isn't happy with man. Because God sees the heart. It doesn't matter how religious that person is. God sees the heart and examines the heart and its intentions. And what God sees is not good at all. It's not good at all. So, and then it says, Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shewed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorify Him not as God, Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And we're going to make a pause here, and I like to expand and expand in verse 21, where it says, because that when they knew God, interesting enough, the Apostle Paul is saying that these people knew God. They knew God. Um, I, I went and I researched that word new, uh, see what it was. And the word comes from the Greek word, ginosko. Ginosko, which means they were familiar to God. They understood Him. They knew what He wanted. And that just trembles me. It puts me to fear when I see this. Because isn't it that the church? Don't we come to church and we hear what God wants us to do? And how He wants us to behave? So pretty much is describing someone that comes to church and sings and ties and do a bunch of things that we, that we do. We know God or we pretend to know God. This chapter 1 of Romans, as a matter of fact, look what it says. We're reading verse verse 21 right now. Because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. See, many people have a trouble and say, So what's going to happen with those that they never heard the gospel? Uh, the Indians and the Amazons, what's going to happen with them? Have you ever 
thought about that? What's going to happen to them? They're going to go to hell if they don't repent. That's what's going to happen to them. But it's not fair. Nobody ever told them, really? Nobody ever told them? How is it that in their heart they have a desire to worship something else? So nobody told them. What does the Bible say about that? Well, Paul says here that God revealed Himself to all creatures. So down the road, somebody dropped the ball because Adam and Eve knew, right? And everybody comes from Adam and Eve. So somebody dropped the ball. And for that reason, God is going to bring punishment. His wrath is going to fall upon them that don't believe in Christ. Now, it is our job and it is our duty to preach the gospel. To share the gospel. To tell our neighbors, even beyond our borders, beyond our fence line, beyond our house, we must be speaking about God. But you know what? When it comes to your house, it is in your house where you're going to preach the most successful gospel you can preach. It is with your spouse, with your wife. Does, does your wife really believe you're a Christian even though you come to church? Are you a Christian? And I don't mean by just the word Christian, but are you a follower of Christ? Meaning you're stepping where Christ stepped, you're following His, his footsteps? Are you following His example? Well, this goes deeper. He says, the Apostle Paul says here, they glorify Him not as God. Well, when we come to church, do we glorify Him as God? And I went even deeper in my studies on this thing, and I made a few sermons for my church, and it got me so crazy thinking, is it our God, the same God that the Bible speaks of? Or is it just imagination and idea that we created? Since I am so sinful and so evil, and, and I, I like to steal, and I like to be in fornication, and I like to see pornography. It's, since I do all of those things, but I go to church on Sunday, and I clap, and I sing, and I tithe, does that mean that I'm okay with God? And you know what reality is? That you have created a God according to your imagination. You have drifted away from the real God. Therefore, the God that we come to, to worship is not the God that we read in the Bible. And you know, we have, to, we have to go back. We have to see God as God is. He's pure. He's righteous. He's holy. He is, he is the Almighty. He deserves and demands that we bow our knees before Him. And yet we have taken God very lightly. He's our buddy. We, we, we don't see who God is. So Paul writes to the Romans and he says, You guys are familiar with this. When he uses that word, you, you guys are familiar. You... I mean, all of us. Uh, my ancestors, they worship the sun, really, and so many other things. And we might point the finger and say, no, you guys are wrong, which we're wrong. <laughs> but you know what? It is interesting that our reprobate mind not only is the one that has knowledge, no knowledge of God, I'm sorry. A reprobate mind is not only the one that has no knowledge of God. You think about the Indians or whoever you want to think. It's not only them that they have a reprobate mind. But also those that have knowledge of Him. And you know what? It, I don't know if it gets intensified. If they put the hell a little higher for those that 
hear the gospel and are in church and worship God or not and they don't have a they don't have the real God from the scripture. So the call here is to return. We have a reprobate mind, we must return. Is there steps to get back to where we need to be? Definitely there's steps. Definitely. That's that's the amazing part of God that even though I am the way I am, as sinful, as dirty, as bad, you know what? Christ still died for me to give me an opportunity. So, they knew God. Do you know God? Do you know God? We read the Bible in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, 1. God, who at various times, in various ways, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by, by His Son. He's still speaking. He's still speaking to us. Many ways, various times, He is still speaking to us. Is He speaking to you this morning? I don't know how your spiritual life is. And I was just sharing with a few people here before we started. It is, isn't it amazing that as we are, I see myself and I speak for myself. How dirty I am. God still uses me. And I want you to make, to, to make that question in your mind. Am I really serving the real God? Or am I serving my own self, my own desires? Uh, I am doing what I like to do. That's what I come to church. Even though I like to do what I do, that's not the main reason why I come to church. Because reality is this, that if it wasn't for us, if it was for me, if it was for you, you wouldn't be in church. Reality is that today you would be elsewhere, but not in church. But it's because of God that you are in church. Uh, not long ago I heard a statement that the rich guy from Texas, what is it called, a big old church? His wife was preaching. I don't know if you heard it and said, it's not about God, it's about us. I'm sorry, but it's not about you at all. Uh, what's his name? Joel Austin. His wife just made a foolish remark. And I'm surprised for the reason that a lightning didn't come down and strike her right there. It's not for us that we're here. It's not for me to feel good. It's for God to be worshipped. And my heart and my mind has to be renewed. Has to be changed. We have to do things right. We have to start doing things right. So God God has been looking for us. He's been reaching out for us. He still gives us an opportunity. Regardless of how, how we are. So He still loves us. God has made Himself manifested to man. He has left in in men's heart, in our heart, the need for God. That's why many tribes are seeking other gods and worshiping things. Because there is a need in the heart. We know there is someone greater out there. We know there is an Almighty. and But we don't worship Him as God. We worship Him as uh, the Son. See, we, we attribute it to something else. Because that which may be known of God manifest in them. For God hath shewed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even His eternal power, can you believe that? Is shown through His creation. When I was a little kid, I always thought, what would happen? You know how 
kids use their brain. And I would think, what would happen if I get a, an airplane that can fly straight up? Just, just travel and travel and travel and travel and travel. Would I ever hit a wall? Will I ever get to a point where you can't travel no more? And then if I did so, I would ask myself, what's behind that? There's going to be something behind it. And I got so crazy think about, thinking about this that I, I lost my sleep, you know, as a little child. And then I would think, what, what's, when the Bible says that God created everything from nothing, then I would say, what's nothing? Well, what's nothing? And then I came to realize I cannot think of nothing because nothing doesn't exist. It's not in my mind. I cannot reach it. I cannot reason it. So then, then I would ask the question to my friends in church. And sometimes I say, hey, what's nothing? And then I will put them to the test. Tell me what's nothing. And they would say, well, nothing is a dark room. No, 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 wait a minute. That's a dark room. There's nothing. That's something already. And then we will go crazy thinking about those terms, realizing that we're just human. We don't go beyond our thinking. And we think we got it all figured out. We don't. We don't. If it isn't because of God. That is why the Bible is so important. To put it into our hearts. And follow it. So a reprobate mind, it's always thinking, it's for me. It's because of I. No. It is true that God loves us, but it's not because of us. It's because of Him. That He loves us. Because of who He is. So God has manifested Himself. He's revealed Himself to us. He's shown Himself to us. What are we going to do with that information? A reprobate mind, it's ungrateful. Have you noticed that? Think about our kids. Well, I know all of our kids are perfect. Right? But think about when they wanted something when they were younger. And they they just jump up and down. Or at the store. <laughs> They throw a fit because they wanted that candy as if they deserve it, right? And then you're trying to explain to a child that he doesn't deserve it, she doesn't deserve it, and it's just pointless. So something similar happens to us. We jump up and down and we think we deserve the things that we get, not knowing that it's because of His grace, alone, because of His nature. There was this frog that was at the pond wanting to go on the other side. I'm sorry, not the frog. The frog was there, but there was a scorpion wanting to go on the other side. And the scorpion told the frog, Hey, come on, take me to the other side. You know how to swim? Come on, let me get on your back. And you swim through the pond and just get me on the other side. And the frog said, No, 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 no. I'm not going to take you over there. I bet you something, if I take you over there when you're in my back, oh, you're going to kill me. And he was like, no, no, I give you my word. Come on, we've, we're buddies. We know each other since we were little kids. Come on. And the frog said, no, 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 just leave it at that. I'm not going to take you. So one of those days, the frog had, was in a good mood and was like, okay, just hop on. And the scorpion got on the frog's back and started swimming across the pond. And in the middle of the pond, the scorpion just got her gear and the frog turned around and said I told you I knew you were going to do that and the scorpion said I'm sorry it's just that's my nature that's my nature you see many times we do that right and I was saying God is so good to us he decided to send his son to rescue us 
And what do we do? The same thing the scorpion did. Because that is our nature. Because that is our mind. Because everything that comes through our mind is not good. We might say it's good and shout it out the winds. We're good. But it's not good. Unless Christ is centered. Unless Christ is glorified. So if you have things in your life. If you're living your life just, just like that. Just like above the surface, and you're not getting deeper into letting Christ really change your heart and your mind. Let me tell you, your nature will come out. You will show what you're really made out of. But if you let Christ come into your heart, really come into your heart, and submit your will to His will, and start storing His Word in your heart, you're going to be a different person. You're going to be a different person. But since we have a reprobate mind, we're ungrateful. We are ungrateful. There there was this time in the life of Jesus when He was coming into you know, the, the victorious entrance. Right? So He got on a donkey and He was entering the city. And the people were putting down the leaves or palms or whatever they were putting down you know Jesus didn't touch any of that it was the donkey who touched it all right Jesus was on top of the donkey something interesting happens that when we are the donkey we think the flowers are for us right when Jesus is on, on, on ourselves and he's riding on us and he's within us we get those flowers especially when you preach oh that was a great sermon and you know how simple could it be to say oh man I did good but then God brings me down to earth and says just realize you fool it's not you it's not you it's him so when you do a good deed don't let that mind boost and come above and say oh you're so good no you're not you just did what you you had to do you have been called to do that. You have been called to preach the gospel. You have been called to make a difference. You have been called to be like Christ. That's why many times people, and this is especially proud people, well, that's the way I am. Really? And you call yourself a Christian? Then repent, because that's not how Christ is. Repent and come to know the Lord, the Lord, not you as the Lord, but the Lord Christ. Because once you get to know Him, let me tell you, you're going to know how evil you are and you will let him come and live this reprobate life and change it change it to a fruitful life a reprobate mind is one that knows that has the knowledge of God he knows has seen God do great things that reminds me Exodus chapter 32 interesting enough the Bible says we don't have the time to go through reading it but hopefully you can read it at home and you're going to see a reprobate mind there God had taken them out of Egypt right he gave them manna he gave them the light he gave them the fire at night and the cloud I mean the cloud at daytime so they would make it through the through um, the desert and what happened at the end in this chapter 32 Moses goes to get the commandments from God and he takes forever 
And when he's up there, the people are here throwing parties, and then, and then he said, hey, I think Moses is gone. Why don't we do something about here? Why don't we make our own gods? Hey, we know how they're made. We're coming from Egypt. So Moses' brother says, okay, everybody, give me your earrings. Give me all your gold. And then he makes a little goat, <laughs> a calf, right? A little cow there. And what do they say? If you take the time to read, it says, These are our gods that brought us out of Egypt. Really? Really? And it sounds like a movie or out of... But you know what? It's our nature. It's just our... And God knew it. God knew it all along. It is our nature. That's why we must stick closer to the Word of God if we want to renew our mind. We must, this right here, it, it's our, our vest, our saving, our life vest. This right here, nothing else. Don't trust in your own knowledge since we don't even know where the mind is. We are foolish and empty without Christ. A reprobate mind has terrible consequences. Terrible consequences. Look what it says, Romans one twenty one. The last part of it. Their foolish heart was darkened. There, and then if you read it, and it gets into talking about sex. Meaning, and now you wonder why we have gays and lesbians. And we bow before, oh don't hurt their feelings, really. So, who cares about God? But oh yeah, let's boost these people. No, that's That's wrong. That's totally wrong. And when we Christians stay quiet, saying sin is sin, and sin is wrong, you know what? We're participating with them. We are. So, a reprobate mind has terrible consequences. Darkness is often used in the Bible as a symbol of sin. Light is a symbol of forgiveness. In God's presence. John 3.19 says, And this is the, condemn, the condemnation. The light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. For John chapter 1 verse 5 and 6 says, This then is the message which we have heard of Him. And declare unto you that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not know the truth. In other words, if we're coming to church and we are doing all the things that we are to do, but we're in darkness, you know, it's just in vain what you're doing. Those are filthy rocks. Filthy rocks we are bringing to God. And He doesn't take that lightly. The time is up, but I'll tell you this. If I have made you uncomfortable this morning enough for you to change, for you for you to go back to the real God and not the God of my imagination, I praise the Lord for that. If you have if you've gone to know now, you know what? I was honest. I thought I was doing the right. But honestly, you could be wrong, right? And now you understand, you know what? For some reason, God gave us the Bible. Maybe He wants us to know Him. Maybe He has 
a plan that I have tangled my plan and I see the things that are done in church and I think that's God's plan. No, it goes beyond that. Right here we come to worship Him and to show how grateful we are for the thing He's done in our lives over there outside beyond our walls in this church. Right here we come to show how grateful we are. It's not... And don't... Listen to this. Because many people come to church only to get fed. Shame on you. It is good that you get fed. And it's needed for you to get fed when the, the word is preached. But you got to be feeding yourself at home or else you're going to starve to death. Can you imagine if you only ate once a week? You'll be weak. You, you'll, you'll be getting sick in no time. So my prayer is that God will touch you and change your mind. One last verse I'd like you to read. And there's maybe a sermon that we'll bring in another time based on Romans chapter 12. Verse 1 and 2. I like someone that has a Bible in English. I have mine in Spanish. <laughs> to read it out loud. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to test and prove what God's will is. Thank you. Don't take the form of this world, Paul says. See, we often fight for who's got more toys. And there's a saying, right? Uh, whoever dies with the most toys wins. Is that? I think I read it on a bumper sticker. <laughs> and then I read another one that said, whoever dies with the most toys still dies. And takes nothing. But if you die with Christ in your heart, my beloved, you want it all. You have it all. Thank you very much for the time you allow me to be here.